Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go, Friday edition of OutKick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton and the entire OutKick crew making the show happen for us. Trey Wallace of OutKick.com included in today's show. He'll join us in 20 minutes live from New Orleans, site of the 2022 Final Four. We'll preview all things Final Four with him a little bit later. Bobby Carpenter of OutKick will join us. We'll talk NFL and college football headlines. And Brent Hubbs and Austin Price bring the VolQuest report and some SEC discussion as well on today's program. No April Fool's here. No April Fool's. Zero. April Fool's free show. That we can guarantee. Everything you hear here today will be absolutely true. And, uh, and all tweets will be vetted. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but but there's going to be no... F- yeah. We're not playing any tricks on you. We don't do that. Who do we hate more? The tricker or the tricked when it comes to April Fool's? The tricker. Yeah. I agree. Unless the tricker's 12. Well, yeah. My daughter's six. And loves April Fool's Day. We had to have this conversation about it needs to be a worthy fool. It needs to be something that is both believable, but yet a little bit unbelievable or shocking. You don't want to go too over the top. Don't go too dark with the fool that you're making. But for instance, we called uh, my mom this morning and the, the April Fool's was that we were going to the store and not school because she was out of school today. And she said, April Fool's. And I'm thinking, we got we to gotta oh, work on go. that yeah. a little bit. But for media members that get tricked into something on April Fool's, you can't participate. Media can't participate. But it's, the, it's also the, well, I'm talking about the unwilling participation. You brought yeah. up an example. Yeah. Ian Rappaport and somebody else got burned today by Ngakwe of the Browns, who's under franchise tag, correct? And he put out, uh, I, I asked Browns this morning to trade. Rappaport retweeted. But it's the player putting that out, right? Yeah. It's not like a, a so fake we, account. That's what I'm asking. So do we, do we not like the player in this scenario like or, the, or the media member? Well, Ngakwe, it's not that funny. Like you're saying, it's not that. Uh, it's not like well, some unbelievable thing. So you're not really burning people. But Rappaport's got to screen it better. Well, Ted, let me give you the case in point today is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, we're expecting, will make a, de- a determination on if he's going to play in a, officially play in the Masters today. Uh, that's been the assumption is by Friday we would know. Well, unfortunately for Tiger, Friday's April 1st. And here we are, and you have to double-check every... I'm not going to believe it when I first see it on social media. But uh, if it comes from him, I think we should believe it. If well, he's dumb it, enough Yannick to and play Gokwe a trick. put something out. Yes, exactly. And so Ian Rappaport just did the right thing then by believing him. Because it came from him. Yeah. So, I mean, but... Uh, I mean, I'm doing a double take and double and triple checking everything. So. On everything. I, I, like, 
Here's, here's a reasonable one, right? I was at Simon's baseball practice last night. A dad from the practice prior told his kid he locked the keys in the car. And the kid was like, oh. That dad let him go for two minutes. He said it early April Fool's. All right, there's a father-son moment lasted two minutes. Reasonably funny between parents. Also not big enough. Not big enough. Well, you got to come up with the – I don't want to get into it because I don't want people – I don't want to give people good ideas for April Fool's jokes. <laughs> you got to go with the – the guy's a fan of someone, and you say, did you see the news that Chris Rock is retired from entertainment after the slap? April Fool's. Like, get them on going on something that's some outrageous story that's not true, and then see if they go along with it. That's how you get someone. Well, I told you, you guys know, every, every year I tell the story of the last time that I really fell into the trap was in college working the midnight shift at the Campus Recreation Center. And uh, 102.9 The Buzz had this jock, uh, shock jock or something like it on um, overnights. And he played up this long, it was March 31st. And it was the night prior to April Fool's. And at midnight, just after midnight, like 12.04, 12.05 is whenever he let everyone in on the joke. But he went on the air at like 8 o'clock saying that Eddie Vedder had died. That he had killed himself. And that's pretty strong. And the entire show <laughs> was based around a tribute to Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder. And like he had people crying on the, they would call in and cry, like call in and tell us your favorite Pearl Jam memory, you know, and uh, it, it, yeah, the whole thing. He was fired. He was fired for it uh, because of the backlash. I mean, that, that's the last time because we, we had it on the uh, guys working out in the rec center or anyone on the treadmill, whatever they wanted, like uh, they either wanted rock or tribute. they wanted rap on right so you was one or the other and whenever i was there i had the rock station on and yeah so we was it was all the talk of then we didn't have twitter it was just texting and everyone coming in had heard that that was the first time they were hearing did you got fired what was the follow-up for the kid did he get fired his name was, was, he, was he in trouble no he wasn't does he kid. work for howard stern he's got he under was, a huge he wasn't a kid. his name was mo i think and he was like see i thought it was like the student run he's a zookeeper no this he's is a zookeeper on the bus on morning radio in fresno the local nashville rock station that is a lot like the april heavy. fool's uh celebrity suicide Yes. Uh, there's a little well, but, a little over the top. But he gradually added things to it. There were layers to it. So at first, like, news. we don't know. We, we haven't been able to confirm this, but it's coming from a source uh, that's very close to, like, the, the, the rock uh, tours around the country. And they're, they're saying that something's up with Pearl Jam and they're canceling their concert series. And he then layered like he it layered it up to, to leading up to the point like where a building news reporter. not only had he died, he had offed himself. That's dark. That's he went hard, <laughs> and then like um, that that overnight DJ at one oh two nine really was, went it, hard. That's the last time that I fell into the trap because I remember like oh it's today's April Fool's now you know when you you're closing up locking the doors at twelve oh five. That's still that that's going hard on April Fools. Uh, you know who else went you make hard more on than April minimum Fools? wage at that job. Um, I made pretty good money. That's I mean, a, I made that's hourly, a pretty good gig. For hourly rate work, yeah. st- was that work study. Yeah, no, it was just a it was just a part time gig that I had, and I mean that's how I met everybody on campus. Yeah, that's you know? a good gig. That's better than my first uh, job was at the business school library. Not good. The library, not where you meet people on campus. <laughs> no, no, it's hard to hard to have a conversation. Well, maybe at Columbia, but not not at. Uh, uh, thanks. Not where it's I was. nice to meet you. Can I get back to my paper now, please? <laughs> hey, stop talking. To I, me. Came I, here some, to I did work. some studying during that job. <laughs> I came here to work. Well, you, at least you were uh, focused on the books, Paul, the details of all of it. 
Uh, what What's the history of April Fool's? Do we know? I think we've gone through this in years past, and I don't remember it. Well, the first, uh, the first. I mean, if, if Hunt can find the Balanced Man scholarship yeah. information, I can find the history of April something Fools European. Quickly. I want to. Say. Well, it dates back to um, the, the the notes that I pulled from a show we've done years ago. Um, dates back to like the 1500s, like 1561. It's mentioned in a poem, but the the actual genesis of it, I don't know. How it became, how it became what it is. Social media, I think, has ruined April Fools. Because that, that's where I, I get upset the most with all the fake accounts and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's not... It's ruined a lot. It's not the fake accounts as much as it is the... Because the fake accounts, every day is April Fool's for the fake accounts, for the parody accounts. It's the real accounts that decide to participate on social media that's ruined it, I think, for everyone else. It also brings out some really clever tweets, though. Like, I, uh, Tennessee football had a good one, Chad, that you shared with us. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, it, it's great. And the Colts had a good we one can, a couple of years ago where they've gone all white uniforms, white numbers on yeah. white. On See, Adam, white. Adam, let's tweet this out from Outkick360 also. Tennessee football, their official account, put out a joke video from Alex Golish, their offensive coordinator, and it just says, new approach this spring with Tennessee football, and it's Short all about video. going as slow as possible. Yeah. That, hey, guys, you know, we've been all about speed in the past, but we got to slow things down. Yeah. And it's him instructing a, uh, a tight end that was way too quick out of the out of the huddle to get to the line. Yeah. Slow it down, slow it down. slower this time. Better. And doing that. <laughs> and then it's, the guy comes yeah. out slower. It's you know what? I, I watched that and didn't even think about April Fools. I'm like, this is just a funny video. Yeah. I didn't think about it even being April. Everyone knows it's not real when you put it out yeah. there, but I didn't even think about it being April Fools. See, that's more of an opportunity to just do some comedy. Yeah, straight comedy, and that, that's funny. The Colts white on white was funny. Nobody's gonna know who's who. So the so here's the you want you want the origin? It's the calendar switch or something. Yeah, this goes back to, this is from uh, History History Channel, so I did not go to Wikipedia. Historians speculate, scholars maintain uh, that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582 when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar as called for by the Council of Trent in 1563. Your nephew. In the Julian calendar, as in the Hindu calendar, the new year began with the spring equinox around April 1st. So there's the switch. People slow to get the news were April Fools. It's also been linked to uh, <laughs> celebrations such as Hilaria in ancient Rome. It was celebrated the end of March by followers of the cult of Cybele. It sure. involved people dressing up in disguises and mocking fellow citizens and even magistrates and was said to be inspired by the Egyptian legend of Isis, Osiris, and Seth. Hilaria. Hey, Jacob Swanson, have you attended Hilaria? We know that you go to PsychoFest oh, annually. All the best bands play at Hilaria. The Hilaria comes after PsychoFest. I think that's the natural calendar of I of feel events. like most of our crew would be into April Fool's Day. Um, I, 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 yeah, that, that will not surprise me if, if Corey Taylor or Jacob Swanson, you know, yeah, if Jacob brought in an ID, officially changes his name to Jakob, you know, that, that would not shock me. I would believe that. Uh, so our... Uh, by the way, Hutton, I keep looking at you, and I think that I'm looking at a painter. <laughs> There's a painter? something about the color. It's like the red, like coming out of the top of your uh, your shirt, makes yes. it look like you've almost got like a, what, what is that called, Paul? That comes out of the top. Yeah, it looks like an ascot for me. Ascot, yes, yeah. thank does you. It really? it yes, does. I like. I, I just look at the screen. I I think painter. I think it looks every time fantastic. I see it. Well, I'm no uh, I'm no artist. Um, <laughs> He's more of an artiste. <laughs> oh, you're an artist. You're just not a painter. <laughs> I'm not a painter. Yeah, um, that's right. 
What were we even talking about? April Fool's. Oh, our uh, our crew last night had a nice curling outing. Yeah, they didn't invite the talent, did they? Without us. Yeah, it was team building. Team building. We're not a part of the team. Did, did anyone fall into anyone's own? Were there any trust falls on the ice? That'd be dangerous. Reed, how did things go? Like, uh, the first thing I think of is, oh, Reed was an observer uh, with his back issues. That's what uh, I thought. And, and immediately, over. the first video I see is You're you so on ice. I, I, like I thought crazy. the opposite. I thought Reed was born for this sport. He, he, has I heard a he was death going wish. curling. Said it's very uh, so the, the conversation going into this with, with Dylan was, what if I'm good at this? Do I like embrace it and <laughs> yeah, just realize that this is the extent career. of my athletic ability at this age and this condition? And it turns out that was the sad reality of yeah. what happened. Uh, curling is a sport. Fight me over that. Get your butt on the ice and, and sweep a couple ends and tell me that curling is not a sport. Did you put the rock in the button? Uh, I put several rocks near the button. Our team won 6-0. Uh, me, Ryan Albanese, and uh, Boss Chuck are probably going to start a league over at uh, this facility in Nashville. But you were playing strangers, not against? No, we were playing against other members of the OutKick team. Oh, okay. We had to split into two separate sheets of ice. We had so many people there. But th- there was a fall on the ice. That video may be coming to some point uh, to OutKick 360, so... I'll leave that reveal for later. for you? Or? Nope, nope, was not me. I saw I'm not going to reveal exactly who it was, but okay. it was not me. I won't reveal, but I saw a fall in a now video a that was shown from, to me. From these sponsors, so we can find out who. Well, well I, no, uh, so, so uh, they all walked in. I said, so who was the best at curling? And everyone was, you know, very silent. John. And I heard, well, you know, we won 4-2. And then Reese said, well, we won 6 nothing." And then, you know, quiet, very thin... <laughs> Ryan Albanese, uh, the, the freaking vegan, lost a lot of weight over the, the years and is now very thin, just walks right in and says, we were the best, and then shows me a video. And I'm like, that is the lack of humility that I want on this show. But here, what, I don't we want were, everybody to be humble. Tell me who was the best. We or were, someone else we were necessarily up and say trying they were to the be best. Exactly. We were giving the other people in this room the opportunity yeah. to say that we were the best, and they didn't nobody, step up. I'm with down. you, Reed. I'm more angry now with the people who didn't just admit that they sucked. Like, I would be the first to say, yeah, I was terrible. It was probably one of these guys. I've always wanted to try. It was just dead silence when I asked who was the best until Ryan Albanese. We needed a hero, and the hero emerged as Ryan Albanese, who stepped right in and said, yeah, it was us. I just want a photo of Jakob with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth on one knee rolling a rock down a sheet of ice. That's, I, I want that. I want to hang that in the studio. Jakob didn't go because I think he had a darts Dart tournament, tournament at Cobra. <laughs> let, that's, what I, that's what I came up with on my own, at least. I don't think that's the truth. But I feel like he had to get to a darts game. Also, family's in town. Yeah, we missed his parents. I met his dad in the parking lot. They were here earlier. What is he like uh, compared listen, to Jakob? He's very cool. I could totally see uh, one generation to the to Oh, the okay. Next. Wow. Physically or in personality? <laughs> a, a, little, a little physically, a lot personality-wise. Nice. I could see him being uh, you know, somewhat disappointed. <laughs> this is the path you've chosen type deal? Yeah. Like, uh, you think this is bringing honor to our family? Is the horse shirt really necessary kind yeah. of guy? Well, what about Psycho the— PsychoFest again? <laughs> well, they, both, they can both swing a golf club. They talk golf. We talk yeah. mostly golf. Well, he's a huge golf fan. Yeah, we are too. We we're hoping that we get news on Tiger today and, and on April Fool's Day. Just, just to uh, to wrap up the, what we're saying, if we pass along information, we're not doing this as any type of prank, regardless of sleepy sleepy Danny and what he might be up to uh, with Becca back at uh, Outkick HQ. So we can't make promises on our social media accounts that other people operate. We can promise but you we're that until them. five p.m. Central Time. 
We will not attempt to trick you on April Fool's And we Day. don't want anybody that has any control of any of our accounts doing so either. Well, coming up, we no tricks, but we will preview the Final Four. We've got a couple of tip-offs coming up in New Orleans tomorrow. Of course, Villanova and Kansas, and then the marquee matchup between North Carolina and Duke. Our Trey Wallace of Outkick.com has boots on the ground in New Orleans. We preview the Final Four with him next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Final four this weekend. Great matchups of the Blue Bloods. Kansas, Villanova. Duke in North Carolina. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Trey Wallace covers the SEC and college sports for Outkick.com, and he's covering the Final Four for Outkick all weekend and the national title game. Trey, hope you're doing well. I'm, I'm good. It's, uh, it's been an interesting couple of days, but I'm glad to, be, uh, glad to be on with you guys this afternoon. Hope you all are well. Yep. The, the road started for you in Tampa. Uh, you went from there to Indianapolis and now in New Orleans where you get some solid matchups and the Blue Blood program should put on a show tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, look, I'm excited for these games. I, I think, you know, when you, you kick it off at Villanova and, and Kansas and then, you know, we're, the good part about it is, is getting Duke North Carolina for a third time, like it'd have been nice in that ACC tournament final, uh, but getting them for a third time in such a big stage, I think that's what stands out the most uh, with this and the, the pomp and the pageantry and all the fans that are coming in and you got airlines getting direct flights from, you know, the Raleigh area down to, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the Durham area. Uh, in Chapel Hill area down to, to New Orleans. It's just going to be a fun environment. Um, and you know what? I, I look forward to it. You've seen enough yet to, to have a sense of uh, if there's more Carolina blue, if there's more Duke, um, and, and what, what the split's going to be like? You know, it, it was interesting. I was talking to a buddy of mine who was in the ticket industry, and we were talking about, hey, where did sales come from when it came to the, the Final Four? Um, and a lot of it in the past two weeks, okay, it's coming from the North Carolina area, so it's really hard to narrow down how the, the tickets split. But the, the amount of tickets that have come out of North Carolina, there's going to be a huge conglomerate of North Carolina and Duke fans. And then you'll have a little bit of Villanova, you know, some Kansas. But uh, I'm telling you, they have bought up a lot of tickets. And uh, there's going to be different tones of blue on Bourbon Street for the next two nights, but uh, but it's all going to make it a lot more fun, Paul. Trey, we've we've gone through a tournament now where we've seen you know some of the the underdogs pull off some of the upsets we see it every year. But as we get to this point of the tournament, routinely, uh, seven of the last thirteen national champions are in this final four, and we will be adding the eighth. It'll be eight out of fourteen that it will be playing in this final four when it's all said and done. These are the guys that routinely make it this far, regardless of how even the playing field is. 
Yeah, it, it is. And, and, and how everything played out. You know, I, I was, it's crazy. I was there for that first game where St. Peter's beat Kentucky and Indianapolis. And I got to experience that and, 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 and the overall magnitude of it. And then, you know, you, you start to see a few upsets and we get to that sweet 16 elite eight round. And then it starts to really narrow down into that blue blood uh, type of category. And, you know, I, I think Villanova, you know, if Villanova wins a championship this year, I think you can start to put them in that category. You know, the, the blue bloods of college basketball, just because of the recent success of Jay Wright. I think when we break it down even further, and you look at the fact that you have Kansas, North Carolina, and Duke all in the Final Four, coming off the craziness that was the first weekend and even that, that second Thursday of the tournament, the fact that we're here and we got these teams, it's pretty interesting because North Carolina was not playing good enough, in my opinion, towards the end of the regular season, besides meeting Duke at Duke, but towards the end of the season, to even think about them being in this spot. So the fact that they are, I think it brings more intrigue. And, and I think when you look at Duke, North Carolina, that game, that hostile energy, those fan bases, you know, it, it, if you're trying to make a comparison in an SEC football, let's just say, it's like Alabama and Auburn playing. You know, that's how I kind of look at it and how it would be. So it, getting back to it and the fact that these teams are here, um, it, it makes things even more interesting, even though, you know, some of the Cinderella's didn't make it or some of the eight or nine seeds type of deal. Trey, I want to take uh, recency bias out of this and let, let's be as uh, sober-minded as we can about this game and the significance of it between Duke and North Carolina. First ever meeting between these two rivals in the tournament comes in the Final Four in Coach Gay's final year in his legendary career, all-time wins leader. The two games that come to mind immediately for me in college basketball history are 79, Magic versus Bird, still the all-time most-watched game in tournament history. The other one is the Leitner shot in Duke and Kentucky in a regional final in the Elite Eight. I think that game was in Philadelphia yep. in 1992. If this game comes down to one possession, is this the greatest college basketball game of all time in the biggest moment of all time with these two teams in these stakes? I think, it, I think because of think because of the stakes, like you were talking about, Coach K's last game, potentially, potentially. Um, and you look at the ramifications of how the season went for both, and then you just, you know, you break down the matchup, period. It's Duke, North Carolina. Um, and a lot of people don't like that. You know, a lot of people don't like the Blue Bloods. Okay, and I, and I get that, whatever. But usually you get good basketball out of it, and that's what we want out of this. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't want to blow out. You want a one-possession game with 12 seconds on the clock and somebody taking the shot to win it. Um, so I, I think if we look back on it, and I agree, if it comes down to, to one possession or two possessions, however it plays out, we get a back-and-forth battle. Um, I, I think it could go down as that, um, potentially. But it all depends on how people, you know, if North Carolina comes out tomorrow night, Chad, and beats the mess out of Duke and ends Coach K's career, you know, people are going to be like, "What? what's the main story? It's going to be, okay, Coach K's career is over. Here's North Carolina moving forward. I, I, I think that college basketball really needs a close game tomorrow night because they don't want to, you know, it's that, re, it's that thing like they talk about in the SEC, like Alabama and Georgia playing again for a title. You know, like it, it better be good type of deal. That's what we're kind of – the pressure is on, not the players and not the coaches – the pressure is on for this game to be really good. And I hope it lives up to the hype. 
Uh, because if it does, it, it has a chance to go down as one of the best games in college basketball history. If, if it does, Chad, it's because the officials stayed out of it. Yeah. Help. And if it does, it's going to lead to my next question. It's going to happen on cable. Um, this is the most American democratic tournament we have in this country, Trey. And to me, I, it is something odd about TBS having this. And it's going to affect the number. that This game won't get close to 79 in that game with, with Bird and Magic. It won't get close to other games that aired on CBS in the past. Is it odd to you that we're going to have a games on TBS in the Final Four and a national championship game when we're, we're crowning a national champion and it's not on network television? Maybe I'm being way too old school here, but you watch. It's going to affect the number. It's the dumbest thing that I have seen when it comes to college basketball in a very, very long time. Would, would the SEC football put their championship game on the SEC network? You know, no, absolutely not. You put it in prime time. Uh, would other conferences do that? Put it on their network. What, they're, what CBS is doing is putting it on their network, which is TBS. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's dumb. I think when you look at it, I think the numbers are going to be a little bit down because of it. Um, I promise you right now, Chad, that 30, 40% of the world, maybe 50 until we get to tip off tomorrow night, is going to be tuning in to CBS, waiting for them to go live pregame. Absolutely. They're going to be like, wait a minute, I got to go to TBS to watch this? This makes no sense in the world. So I, I, I thought it was horrible. I thought, you know, the way that we're setting this thing up with it being on TBS, like, and this is the final four. I, I'm sorry. And, and, no, I know you got Masters coverage going on and all that good stuff, but there's a way to transition and pivot from the Masters to the Final Four. You don't just have to dip off and go to TBS. So I think it'll come back and bite them in the butt when it comes to a couple of ratings, probably for that Villanova-Kansas game most of all. Um, but, yeah, just a, just a weird move when it comes to network television. Well, what it, what it allowed CBS to do is to keep the NCAA tournament because in 2014 they nearly lost it to ESPN, and in order to keep it, they had to get Turner involved to help pay for some of these games. And Turner said, <clears throat> excuse me, Turner said, we'll buy into it if we can have the Final Four every other year. And so CBS agreed to that in order to keep the tournament on CBS instead of letting ESPN own it 100%. That's how they had the, the agreement worked out with TBS, and that's a, a smart move on Turner's part to negotiate it that way. Well, Let's ESPN circle back. Came in and they, <clears throat> ES, I'm sorry, ESPN came in real quick. They came in with so much money on the table and that's and and Jonathan, you're completely right. You 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 go in and you have to find the money, and they put in the stipulations that this thing's got to be on TBS years. So you're in a spot where yeah, it looks pretty dumb, I think. Um, but money talks, and if they wanted to keep it, that's why the route they had to go down. Let's circle back to some of this later on. Kansas, kind of a forgotten team here, as as the one seat um, in, in the tournament. Uh, is that maybe a good thing for, for, for both Kansas and Villanova if they kind of operated um, in, in a certain unexpected quiet for Final Four teams this week? I think it's beautiful, Paul. I think when you look at Kansas and nobody's talking about Kansas, Villanova. Nobody's, nobody's talking about Kansas. You know, and you got Jalen Wilson, uh, leading rebounder on the team. Um, you, you've got, got, here's the biggest thing to me that stands out. You've got a Kansas team that's really dangerous behind the arc. Um, you get them in the post. Uh, they're able to get across the boards. 
Like this is a this is a Kansas basketball team I've watched numerous times this year that has the ability, um, in, in my opinion, to to score 75, 80 points, something like that, against Villanova, who's pretty darn good on defense. So I, I, I think it's great for Kansas. If I'm Kansas and Bill Self, I'm loving the fact that nobody's talking about our game because it keeps everything under the radar. Just kind of fly in there, do your job, not have many expectations to live up to game of the century and Coach K's last game and whatnot. Just handle business Saturday night. And I think this is very much helpful. Maybe it's recency bias when it comes to people we're talking about Villanova, but I think that helps Kansas take some pressure off of them. So I think that's good, Paul. I think it was good. So this note uh, from Dari Noqua of SEC Network, transitioning from from the Final Four to some other sporting events. The get-in price for two tickets to all three games of the men's Final Four, both semifinals on Saturday and Monday night's national championship, for two tickets is less money than a single ticket to any one of the three games between number one Tennessee and number three Vanderbilt in college baseball in Nashville this weekend. That is insane. That is insane, (laughs) and I am here to tell you I feel like you are a moron if you spend that much money to go to a college baseball game and you can get into the Final Four and watch Duke in North Carolina and get two tickets for less. Where am I wrong here, Trey? This is an insane market for a a college – what is today? April 1st. April 1st college baseball to spend that much money to go watch two teams is pure insanity. It's not an April Fool's joke, I'll tell you that. Um, I was was looking at StubHub. I was interested this morning – to see where tickets were at, you know, like 160 starting it, you know, just to get in. And I get Hawkins, you guys all know Hawkins Field and the capacity that it's at, but it doesn't understate the value, I think, of of the uh, premiere that Tennessee baseball and Vanderbilt are bringing to the stage this weekend. I mean, they're throwing it on national TV. They're throwing it on ESPN2 tonight. I think that speaks volumes. But uh, it's weird to think that, yes, on April 1st, and the Final Four is going on, and there's probably going to be 40,000 people in the Superdome, I would imagine. That's oh, se- 70, 71,000. Go, go up. It's sold out 71,000 at these games. So that's a yeah, difference. so all together. But, yeah, they, they, they've done the split in the middle. So, yeah, so you, you, you look at it and you think, okay, how can this outbid the other? Um, and I just think that, you know what? <laughs> Tony Vitello and the boys are bringing it, and Tim Corbin's out there selling it. And you know what? Go if you're going to pay for it, you damn well better enjoy it. Uh, enjoy Nashville and do everything you can. Um, but that's a lot of money for a college baseball game in Tennessee. Here's my question to you guys: It's got to be Tennessee fans that are buying all these. It's not Vanderbilt fans that are paying this much money. They've got their ticket. So if the market sits there and it sits right for it. Bring on a bunch of orange. That's that's what I'm interested in seeing tonight. How much orange will be there? Trey, on, a, on an annual basis, we see player turnover uh, at any college sport, right? I mean, we're going to see uh, – you never have the same starting offense, starting defense in college football, for instance. You, you maybe lose a, a player or two to the transfer portal in, in hoops. Uh, in LSU's case, we may see a completely different roster, top to bottom. 11 current players in the portal from the LSU Tigers. Unbelievable um, in a sense of that many players when you look at a roster. Like, 
South Carolina last year had so many transfer players. I think it was eight. I think the number was eight uh, on their current roster. You look at LSU and everybody's dipping out, man. And, okay, sorry. You know, either, A, you know, we came to play for Will Wade or we don't want to deal with all the crap that's coming over the next two years that, that Will Wade and assistant coaches started. Um, I can tell you for a fact that, that Tennessee, Rick Barnes, Justin Ganey, they were in-house uh, with LSU portal player Brandon Murray uh, about a night ago, um, and they're trying to sell him on the program. So I, I, I think that, you know, when you look at what LSU right now, like, you know, you've got players like Xavier Pinson out there who could be one of the best point guards in the SEC, and he's not sticking around Baton Rouge. Like, you don't – I get it with a new coach coming in, and Mac McMahon coming in, and, and I understand he's going to try to install his own thing, but you just don't see this type of turnover from a basketball team in this short span of a time frame. So – you know, LSU is going to be in a world of trouble for a couple of years on and off the court. Um, and, and I'm interested to see what other schools like Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, you know, how they get in on some of these players that are, are transferring out. And Tennessee, by the way, went home, you know, went in home the other night with Brandon Murray again. So you can already tell they're trying to plant some seeds to, to take advantage of what LSU is losing. Trey, great story by you up at Outkick.com right now on uh, Happy Bobby Petrino Day. Uh, ten years ago on April Fool's was the motor the word leaking out about the motorcycle accident. I, I read the story. I did not remember it being on April Fool's Day, but what an amazing setup. That report started leaking out about Bobby Petrino in a motorcycle accident, possibly with his mistress that worked for him on the motorcycle on April Fools and it immediately made me think man what a great day for a news dump yeah if you've got one out there if you've got bad news to share and make sure Friday you share it on year. April 1st it's amazing well done oh, I mean how you go back and you think about it on that day and I remember I remember sitting there and I was like okay Bobby Petrino motorcycle accident okay hope he's okay like okay that's fine nothing else is going on with it and then reports start coming out. Okay, there was a female on the back of it. Okay, maybe he's with his wife. His wife was at home. Oh, okay, this thing's getting more interesting now. Uh, and then he lied about it. And then he lied to his athletic director. And then, by the way, guys, the most infamous press conference in college football history, because I can't think of another, is when he just rolled up in there and looked like he just got beat up by Mike Tyson. He's wearing a neck brace, and he's still sitting there lying to the press about everything that went on. So it, it will go down in history as one of the craziest things in the SEC, maybe one of the craziest things in college football. And, uh, and he dug his own grave. And Jeff Long, it took him what? They, they suspended him indefinitely on the 5th. He was fired by the 10th. Um, and, and now he gave us something that we'll be able to remember for the, the rest of our lives. Good for him. What will happen with that neck brace? The only press conference I can remember that was better was the butt chugger press conference in Knoxville. Um, look it up if you've never seen it, but that was not SEC related, but it happened at the SEC name school. Is Broughton. But that, the visual, and also um, a close honorable mention goes to uh, Derek Dooley in terms of injuries <laughs> when he had the stool or the, the yep. being wheelchaired out of the press box at Mississippi <laughs> State also. That was another uh, interesting injury visual. Because he was, he had the, he was working the cane on the sideline, and then all of a sudden you see the sheriff uh, officer 
wheeling him down the ramp that went different directions out of the, <laughs> the media area. So, no, definitely, definitely top three craziest moments uh, in, in college football or SEC press conference-wise. And, uh, yeah, happy, happy Bobby Petrino Day. Trey, give us a, an update of what's, what's to come at Outkick.com over the weekend and, of course, on Monday, National Championship Monday. Yeah, coverage of the National Championship game coming up, the Final Four. Uh, we've still got some spring football stuff going on as well. Going to try to mix in there just a little bit. Um, so we'll have coverage tomorrow night going on uh, with the Final Four and then Monday. Um, and then be looking for uh, uh, two new sit-downs for our SEC sit-down series only at OutKick coming from uh, a couple different folks in the uh, the Southeastern Conference, people that, that you guys I think will enjoy and, and listening to. So that'll all be coming in the next uh, in the next week. So lots of great stuff on the horizon. Follow Trey on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. Enjoy the weekend, man. We'll be catching up with you soon. Thank you, guys. Be well. All right. Trey Wallace there. Outkick.com is where you can read his work. We've got further headlines for this Friday edition of the show. We're we're on Tiger Watch to some extent. I mean, that is a completely separate coverage altogether if he ends up playing even around in the Masters. But I'm of the opinion that if he plays, he's – He's in it beyond just trying to make the cut. And with that in mind, do we think he plays or not? We'll try to hash this out and see what the very latest is on is Tiger Woods in Augusta next week. This is next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. According to uh, one analyst on the Golf Channel, Tiger Woods' game is quote all back. Ahead of the Masters. This came out last night. And he's mulling the decision, contemplating whether or not to play at Augusta National next week. Looming the decision. Did you see the one, uh, there was once, uh, from a distance, video snippet of him hitting a drive at Medalist uh, that was out before the report of the round at, uh, at Augusta? I think people were wooing and awing at that. I didn't think it looked like a full strength swing, you know, in my non-professional eye. I, I will be able to tell you right now, I would have no idea. <laughs> if I saw Tiger Woods swing what looked like, if he didn't like limp as he was swinging, it would all look good to me. I mean, it all looks Well, it's not the, the first time we've seen him swing. I mean, he's been playing rounds with his son. Yeah. yeah. This was from a, from a tee right. box on a you know, I, par five probably. I am desperately rooting for him to play. It, it, I, I love the event no matter what, and I'm going to watch. No but, matter what. Um, other than my buddy getting married that weekend, who's the biggest golf fan that I know, um, Ryan Dixon, you guys know him. We're all shocked. He's the biggest golfer we know that he's getting married on ma- a Masters weekend. He has a, Is it a Masters-themed wedding? He has a Masters-themed reception. There's different themes at the reception. It's outdoors. Uh, in Chattanooga, and he's got a Masters area that's going to have a television set up playing Masters highlights over the years with Masters <laughs> cups. That's awesome. Serving drinks set up, and you get the sandwiches, egg salad, 
and pimento cheese sandwiches at that station, but yet he's having his wedding during the Saturday round of Masters. What so. was Austin Price's uh, uh, station at the at our Masters? Station? His his uh, his, his table or his uh, bag. The, Sorry, the, he, he named his bay after a hole at the Masters. It was the hole name. I was wondering if, if uh, this guy oh, would have flowering, tables. Flowering crab. No, flowering crab, crab apple was, uh, was Brett Kern. Um, he had weeping cherry. I weeping thought maybe cherry. you'd go get your, your uh, if it was a Northeastern wedding, you know, you'd go get your table number. And you'd be sitting, oh, I'm at weeping cherry, Chad. Where, where are you sitting? Well, they have table numbers in the South, too. <laughs> well, a lot of weddings yeah, in the South, like, you'd go I'll, sit at whatever table you want. Yeah, it's sometimes, but I've been to plenty of weddings to South where you get a table. I have a feeling they'll have more than 18 tables. <laughs> I just like how Paul's like, in the Northeast, they have this and thing called cherry table assignments. <laughs> weeping cherry beef. <laughs> the, first, the first wedding I went to in the, in the South, I hadn't eaten all day. I was looking forward to a big meal, and then I was hanging out with people during cocktail hour, and they said to me, do you know up North they have actual sit-down dinners at weddings? And I was like, you mean there's no dinner? And they're like... Oh, no, this will be heavy. Did ass. you hear this from the Southerner who took his family to the Holodome for <laughs> vacation? <laughs> no, a higher class Southerner than that. Well, oh, the, money, the money I've not been that to people many are charging nowadays weddings. to cater. Um, yeah, it's crazy. People, you're better off just picking a time where you don't have to serve any food. No, you could buy a house no. for yeah. the cost of a wedding. It's going to be a great 2 o'clock wedding, guys. We're going to be out of here at 4 o'clock. Plenty of time to get to your dinner plans after that. Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are... Um, planning more like Monday, Tuesday weddings. The people are backed up or canceled during COVID, you know, and then they've, oh, just no they've to moved go. to like a weeknight where it's cheaper. I, I just always felt like I'm not a big uh, attend wedding guy. Like I get just blown away by the accoutrement of the wedding, you know, and all that money was spent into it. Like, oh, this is so great. Like, I'll go to the wedding when it's someone that means something to me. But um, I, I've, I've, not, I've no showed to a lot You'll of weddings, know. too. You'll know. I've no showed to a lot of weddings, too. Like if Jacob Swanson you know, gets married, wow. I probably won't go, uh, to, be, to be fair. But I'll send a very nice note and probably send him a gift. I, I want to go to that wedding. Just but if you, if you could too. save on something over-the-top ridiculous in wedding. terms of expense and get an extra week on your honeymoon, like you take that trade, right? Yes. Like, if it meant, like, I can be in Europe for another week, or I can yeah, go you're, with you're, this uh, caterer that's going to bring in the chandelier and then have this extra food I, at the I reception. Have, but I've never met the guy that says the opposite of what you're saying. But I feel like most... I've never met the guy that says, you know what, we should spend more But I also don't know a lot of women who wouldn't take the extra week in Europe if, if it's put to them that way, right? You can skimp a little bit here... But you can go much bigger on the honeymoon. I don't know. Just something to ponder. Well, I get what you're saying. It's not the guys making that call. Yeah. But I also don't think that I know a lot sure of women that if you, if you gave them those two she options. Wants she wants both. Jack. And said, what do you want? <laughs> she wants both. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, all right, well, let me, let me sell that ring. <laughs> nice. Wait, hang on. You're, you're willing to go two, two weeks in Europe. Yeah. yeah. There's, oh, then let's do both. Let's look at this. Uh, I'm going to give a visual here for those watching. Let's three buckets, okay? <laughs> there's reception. There's honeymoon. And then there's your ring. <laughs> yes. So I could also sell the ring that I gave you, get you a cheaper one, and then we could put more of the money into these other two buckets no, no. or take the reception out and then pour it all into the vacation or the honeymoon. Which one would you prefer? The way to go. It all, man, it, the, the type of money that people are spending on that is crazy. I don't know what I did to reset here. I think this goes here. 
Through the whole set off. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Um, I, 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 I don't think Tiger's playing. You don't? I don't. I don't think he's playing because I think he wants to come, like the competitive nature in him is either all in or he's out. It's not like, uh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it because it's the Masters and I'm going to do it because I think I can make the cut. I don't think he goes into anything like that. And until he's well, I think things have changed. mentally ready to do it. Well, I mean, for him, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where he said he didn't think he would physically get to it, but get back to a point where he would be in a spot to, to compete on the tour. Um, and, and now, I mean, now you've got the national writers saying, not only is this absurd, it's so absurd because it can be true. It's not, it's not absurd to be discussing it. It's absurd because he's now at a point where it's worthy of discussion. Like he's actually trying it out. Um, I, I, I'd be, be one of a part of the tournament if, if in some he can, way. If he can play, it'd be remarkable. And you talk about ratings numbers. I mean, those will be some ratings numbers. I think ultimately he obviously, being the competitor he is, wants to get to a place where he's out there to win it and win tournaments. I don't think even Tiger Woods, though, is going back to the first major tournament or big one and thinking, I'm winning this thing. Uh, going into it, I think I think his his public addresses around it are going to tell you that. I'm happy to be out here. I'm trying to see what I can do. We'll see. I hope he can, I hope he tries. Hit us up and give us your thoughts at Outkick360. Coming up, the headlines, and we'll discuss Duke, Carolina, Nova, and Kansas, and then Bobby Carpenter joins us with NFL headlines on Outkick360.